welcome to the JudoCast Deep Dive. Hey guys, welcome back to the final 2020 episode of JudoCast Deep Dive. So far, I've talked about stories of Canada and film, but in this episode, I want to change the pace and talk about films that came out in 2020. This won't necessarily be a top 5, 10, 20, whatever list, but more of a necessarily overview of the movies that came out in 2020. So with further ado, let's deep dive into it. I got the gig! I really need a haircut today, man. Can you fit me in? Whoa, whoa, sorry. Honestly, I think in my opinion, in the last couple of years, Pixar has been on the bit of the downhill. While Inside Out and Coco were pretty good, they didn't have the beautiful visuals and the meaningfulness that you can see in Pixar's earlier work throughout the mid-2000s, from Up and Ratatouille and films similar to that. But I think with Soul, it really takes those unique elements and story elements, and it makes them more philosophical and surreal with the themes of life and death, and I think the score and the jazz music that comes along with it really helps with the visuals. And uh, the story is about Joe, a middle school band teacher who doesn't really have the best life right now, and his true passion is jazz music, and he's good at it. And then he travels into another realm to help someone find their passion, and he soon discovers the true meaning of souls and life. And I think overall, the animation was great, and it really helped show the beauty and the themes that it was presenting, and overall, I think it has to be one of my favorites of the year with everything done just so wonderfully. Jake, my boyfriend. It's snowing. Winter is coming. We have a real connection, a rare and intense attachment. I've never experienced anything like it. I'm thinking of ending things. Huh? What? Did you say something? I don't think so. When you think of big, smart directors that people usually talk about, one of the big people you'll see is Charlie Kaufman. He's a screenwriter and director who did Being John Malkovich, Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind, and more. He definitely uses cinema and visuals to help bring across his points, which usually are about love and life and Hollywood and existentialism. Uh, I'm thinking of ending things which he did this year. It kind of goes into those usual themes of existentialism and love and life and all those things, but he adapts it from a horror novel, so it adds a new horror twist to it. It's really interesting. On the surface level, it's about a young woman visiting her boyfriend, Jake, played by Jesse Plemons' parents at their house, but everything seems a little bit off in the world. The film is slow at a lot of times and it requires a lot of analysis of its references and themes and lines to really understand what it's trying to say, but it is a very well-made film. All I have for you is a word. 
lieutenant. It'll open the right doors. Some of the wrong ones, too. Use it carefully. I thought that while Tennant had very fun and interesting fight scenes, which Christopher Nolan always has, it didn't have the same emotional aspects that you see in his other movies, from Inception and Interstellar and more. The film is about a secret special operative named The Protagonist, played by John David Washington, armed with Tennant, a tool and concept which disrupts the flow of time. With the help of Neil, played by Robert Pattinson, he must stop a deadly plot to destroy the world. There are only five characters that continually appear throughout the movie, but none are developed or they go through an entire character art, as far as I can tell. Also, the audio mixing was super terrible and bad, and half the time you cannot even tell what's going on during the story. Honestly, I think this is one of Christopher Nolan's worst, and I think it's one of the it's one of the movies I would say is lower on the year. Mr. Stone, your hearing is deteriorating rapidly. And the hearing that you have lost is not coming back. I can't hear you, do you understand me? I can't, I'm dead! I'm dead! Sound of Metal is really close to being one of my favorite, my favorite of the year, and it is definitely in that top 10 with just being an overall great movie with uh, just amazing performances overall, a captivating story, everything that works. The story is about Ruben, a hard metal drummer, who starts to collapse and falls down in life when he realizes that he's becoming deaf. And he leaves his girlfriend and joins a deaf community alongside other people who are deaf. I think one of the best parts from about this film, other than the writing and the performances, which are absolutely amazing, be the sound design. It never gives you enough time to breathe or do anything, and it really gets you into thinking you're deaf, and it creates kind of a horror element to it that you don't see in a lot of movies about disability. And uh, I would highly recommend it. I would say it's one of the best of the year. So Dean's going away a lot, huh? On business trips? Dad. Raise your hand if that sounds fishy. He's not like you. He's a good guy. I think that there's a line between witty and dry humor and boring, nothing writing. And I think On the Rocks stumbled across that line and it never looked back. The dramedy, rom-com, whatever genre it is, is about Laura, played by Rashida Jones, a middle-aged writer that believes her husband is cheating on her. So she takes short little escapades and adventures with her father, played by Bill Murray. I think there's some pretty shots and there's some, a couple funny moments, but it's so long and the pacing is so bad. Also, Bill Murray's character is really creepy and weird and it doesn't seem good. Another movie which I thought was pretty disappointing this year.
most people want to be kajillionaires. That's the dream. That's how they get you hooked. Hooked on sugar, hooked on caffeine. Ha ha ha, cry, cry, cry. Me, I prefer to just skip. So do I. I think over the past couple years, there have been more and more great movies about con families trying to steal from other people and families and bumping into other cheapskates. And I think Miranda July's Kajillionaire is the latest to do so, and I think that so far it is my favorite movie of the year. It focuses on two con artists, Teresa and Robert, played by Deborah Winger and Richard Jenkins, and their relationship with their daughter, played by Evan Rachel Wood. And in the middle of the heist, a heist they meet uh, a woman named Melanie. I don't want to go too deep into the plot, but it's very interesting and even how it reveals the main character's name and the title of the movie is such a unique way of doing it. I think the film plays into all my favorite elements and genres I like, from sad family dramas and comedies to the semi-ish symmetrical cinematography, which you can usually see in a Wes Anderson film, and really dry, strange comedic scenes, which will either make you uncomfortable and laugh, or laugh. Evan Rachel's Wood performance as the main character really brought it home and helped bring the emotions. So I think so far it is one of my favorite, if not the favorite of the year. Well, that was all I have to say about the movies of 2020. Be sure to tune in as the next episode will be coming out soon and subscribe so you can be sure that you'll be able to hear it. Thanks for listening to JudoCast Deep Dive and see ya!